everyone and welcome to the Hardcore Podcast. I'm your host Romy Adair and in this podcast we get into the nitty gritty parts and experiences that are often had during the journey to become a professional dancer. Chatting to dancers in training and professional from all around the world creating one safe space that can be shared by many. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. Hi everyone and welcome back to the podcast. We have a little sponsorship interlude, if that's how you say it. Um, This episode is proudly sponsored by Imperfect Points, future-friendly ballet wear, the UK's first sustainable dancewear brand which aims to create diverse, stylish leotards and tights, whatever colour, gender or ability you are with a minimum impact on the planet. Now, if that doesn't sound good to you, then I honestly don't know what does. I love Imperfect Points. I now have three leotards from them and I'm super happy with them. And I actually will kind of do a showing on my Instagram account if you guys will be interested and you want to kind of see the leotards on. I want to talk through them and stuff like that. Anyway, you can go to imperfectpoints.com to check them out now. And without further ado, let's get on into the episode. Hi everyone and welcome back to the podcast. In today's episode I'm joined by Emily Reed. Hello Emily. Hello, thank you for having me. It's okay. We've been chatting for a while and we're finally having a conversation so that's exciting. Um, So yeah, let's just get straight on into it. Um, So we're going to I guess first talk about your journey as a dancer. You can talk you know from the beginning when you started dancing how long and kind of like up until now essentially okay yeah so um I mean I started when I was two um and then I think I got quite serious when I was I mean serious for a five-year-old um at five and uh it just kind of escalated from there that's all I ever wanted to do um so I started doing like intensive training uh, as I started high school. So when I was I think, 12, I started doing half days. So I would go to school in the morning um, for a couple hours and then I would go to the studio and be there until like late. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so yeah, then I finished high school, graduated and I moved to Amsterdam, ended a year there. Um, and then I was supposed to start at Oregon Ballet Theater in their second company. Um, and I actually <laughs> tore my plantar fascia in my first or second week there during the summertime. Oh. And then spent uh, quite a while um, trying to rehab mm. this injury that just for some reason wasn't healing. Mm. Um, and ultimately had to stop dance because of it and um still trying to heal it as we speak mm. yeah okay yeah that must be hard um yeah injuries are never fun um let's I'm kind of want to talk more about I guess the culture and something you know that you're you've been quite vocal about is kind of your I guess experience with you know an eating disorder mm-hmm. and disordered eating and you know issues around body image and stuff like that and I want to talk uh you know see how so you've spoken that you know you were in Canada and then you moved to Amsterdam and then you went to it was 
I'm just it was Oregon yeah I was like did I say it right yeah you okay yeah but like how the difference in um different places whether it be you know the, your schools let's just say your two schools yeah. how the culture surrounding this kind of topic you know did it was it something that changed did it get better as you moved did it get worse and like what was the differences in the way maybe the teachers or the students Mm -hmm. your peers around like this whole general like umbrella topic if that makes sense yeah yeah um so I guess uh in Vancouver when it when I started to notice at least Mm -hmm. the culture um yeah I felt like it wasn't really something that affected me because I was um like 12 or 13 yeah you're still quite young still young and I was praised frequently for my body at that point because I I was like a 12 year old girl like yeah yeah prepubescent body fat like and I was tall okay um and just this long thing so (laughs) I didn't I I really didn't see it as something that applied to me for Mm -hmm quite some time um I think when I was around 15 I started to notice girls my age and older than me like their bodies changing and how the teachers would respond negatively to that and like either in the form of like harmful comments or just ignoring them which I Mm. personally think is almost worse yeah and it started to freak me out because I was like, well, like, what if that happens to me? Like, what if my body just changes? Because it felt like it had just happened to them overnight. And Mm. so I started to get really worried about that. Um, So at that point, I started to be more focused on just being like, okay, I just need to stay how I am right now. Um, And obviously in doing that, I just started to restrict and not eat and I mean with my rehearsal schedule too at that point like dancing from like noon till the evening and then having rehearsals after that and then like no days off and dancing all weekend mm-hmm. um like that's not it's not sustainable no, no it's not sustainable and and especially at the beginning of like puberty and yeah, your body's exactly. still growing it's like the yeah it's crazy yeah I anyways so that was around 15 and I didn't really hit puberty till I was probably 18 mm. um and I mean yeah no matter what you do like you're gonna hit puberty like you can oh yeah eventually you will <laughs> um and so obviously that really sent me into a spiral because I was like well I was doing everything that I could to not have this exact situation happen and now here I am mm-hmm. like why do I all of a sudden have hips? Like, this isn't what I, I'm not okay with this. Mm. Like, I remember when I got my first period, I cried because I thought it meant that I was fat. I had, yeah, there was another girl I was talking to, and we've said this, like, I think I've said this on the podcast before, that, like, this whole idea of, you know, it's it's so weird and I it's literally so messed up. I Like, I don't get it. No. Well, I do get it because I've thought I, that, but, like, it makes yeah, no exactly. sense in, like, actual like it makes no sense um like that whole idea of thinking that yeah when you get your period that means you're I don't know I think it almost is like 
I don't know, like when you're doing ballet like this, you want to be, I say different in that, Mm -hmm. in the sense that like, you don't want to, not everyone, obviously, but you know, maybe if you're someone who like kind of struggles with that whole idea of like your body changing from like a girl, a kid to a woman, like I find, I found that transition difficult. It's Uh, yeah. 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 I think the, I was really like in my mind, there was like two, there was two schools of thought that would constantly be conflicting with each other because Mm -hmm. I, like you said, like that transition from girl to woman is not something that like physically the teachers or the students wanted to happen. You know, you Mm -hmm. wanted to stay this super thin body, Mm -hmm. but at the same time it's like well like ballet is woman like be more feminine like constantly yes. yeah like in rehearsals like oh be more feminine like be mm-hmm. more like you're a woman like aren't you a woman like but then also being told you have to look like a kid like a Almost. yeah so it's kind of like so my brain would kind of like try and it, yeah understand it's... what to like mm-hmm. make of that because it'd be like but, but you want me to look like I'm 12 when I'm 19 yeah be a woman so that yeah (laughs) yeah it's so weird but like that's definitely a thing like this whole thing that you're expected to you know um dance in a mature way you know kind of have yeah be feminine you know I've teachers say I've had teachers say you want to almost like dance sexy um Uh things like that and it's like all these things that kind of are I guess connected to being an adult like a woman who's like developed and had these experiences or what like that but then having been expected to look like a, yeah a yeah, pre-pubescent exactly. girl and it's like so well funny. what like how like how like what do you <laughs> what is this I, expectation here no and I mean I understand like I completely understand the need for aesthetic like I understand that mm-hmm. and like we're athletes as well as artists like mm-hmm. we can't just not be in good shape yeah the difference though the yeah difference between good shape and being like i'm uh, not developed yeah <laughs> like i don't know how else like i don't know why that's so hard for uh, a lot of directors and teachers to understand yeah um, but i also think like i think women's bodies are beautiful and I think like when I imagine like how or, or when I see like a woman's body doing a role mm-hmm. like a ballet it's just it's gorgeous it's mm. because it's it like holds like the essence of mm-hmm. what ballet is like this like graceful beautiful being yeah doing exactly what it's meant to do mm-hmm. and it's just so sad when it gets like how do I say like when it gets minimized to something that's like a child mm-hmm. portraying a woman yeah that's a woman like it's just so strange to me yeah when you really think about it it's mm-hmm. like why is this happening like why have we continually allowed this to be what's happening yeah no I completely agree and I just had a thought while you were saying that I was like Oh, like, and I don't know if this is, if this makes any sense. And, (laughs) but like this whole idea that, you know, with all these competitions being so 
huge in the sense that they every man and his dog wants to do them essentially um and you know these young girls are being expected to perform ad like adult variations like variations that soloists and principals will be doing and then you have like girls as young as five doing them yeah and I don't know if that's something that kind of then I don't know like it becomes I don't kind of minimizes it like you I feel like like you were saying because then especially with social media and everything all it is is prepubescent girls dancing Mm -hmm. mature variations yeah and I don't know I actually thought about that and that is a really weird concept actually like if you picture like you said like a five or six year old like doing like I don't know like key tree in, yeah and then you picture like a principal who's in their 30s yeah doing key tree. it's but like it happens it literally makes no sense like why no, are these kids doing variations that like principal dancers like are doing in companies I don't know how is that being a la- like how is that being a thing yeah I mean it's like it's cute yeah strange too it's, it's very I don't know a lot of um ballet's aspects like mm-hmm. the longer I'm I've been out of it now I think for a year mm-hmm. and yeah the more I like sit and actually like look at it yeah like look at my experience and what's in front of me or behind me I guess yeah I'm just like <laughs> what yeah that was so that was so weird Mm-hmm. and uh traumatic <laughs> but like and gorgeous too but like just mm. very um culty oh like 100% culty, culty like, yeah I agree yeah, it, it is because like you don't really realize how culty it is till you're out out of, of it the ball. And then yeah. You're like, oh. yeah like I even though like I wouldn't like I haven't like I'm I guess I'm still trying to pursue ballet but coming out of school and being in an environment where I'm kind of not part of a cult at the moment, <laughs> like yeah. I'm not in a company and I'm not in a school. So I'm just like not yeah. in a cult. Um, yeah. And I'm not in that environment on like a daily basis, like mm-hmm. you would be if you were working or you're at school. So definitely having that time to kind of like look back at my experience and be like, why was that a thing? Like mm-hmm. what? Like, what was going on there? No, 100%. And it it allows you, like, the culture that you're in just kind of um, gives you, like, permission or just allows you to justify, at least personally, justify so many behaviors and Mm -hmm. things that, like, had I not been a dancer, I'm sure that I wouldn't have engaged in, like, developing an eating disorder Mm. like I allowed myself to get to that point because of like my environment and what I was experiencing daily Mm -hmm. like had that not been what I was like living through daily that Mm -hmm. wouldn't have happened or just like yeah like the like we were talking about earlier like this desire to not become a woman Mm -hmm. 
I'm sure that had I not been in that setting, I would have been very pleased to get my period. Like it's mm-hmm. like something that people celebrate. Yeah. And like you get flowers and like like my mom bought me flowers and I was so upset because like no, I don't I don't want flowers. Like I want to be skinny. And my mom was like, What? <laughs> like yeah. like you're crazy. Um, yeah. I mean that's the thing, like it sounds crazy and I feel like and I don't know if this is something that you kind of experienced or felt or made I don't know because yeah like you were just saying that I guess out of ballet this transition from child to woman is celebrated essentially mm-hmm. you know um you know this people girls are excited for you know when they grow their hips or their boobs or whatever and all this sort of stuff and then like in ballet I mean like at least for me personally I couldn't think of anything worse like I was like please do not like please don't change like and yeah yeah no that was like my nightmare yeah I was so so worried about Mm -hmm. um yeah developing boobs or hips or anything yeah and I think with that there's also um like this, there was a fear also of being sexualized, like I mentioned in the piece I wrote in yeah. class and rehearsal, because I was also witnessing that. Mm-hmm. And so that plus the desire to be super thin was just like to, like, like that's all I needed to be like, to just, yeah, go into full um, yeah. eating disorder mm-hmm. mode. Just, and it, the thing is that it didn't even seem like I, in my head, it wasn't an eating disorder. It was like, um, mean of control yeah like a coping yeah yeah, a way yeah Yeah, I did what I had to do yeah not have that happen to me Mm -hmm. and like I mean it felt like I was like oh it's working like this is good I'm not being sexualized in class and nobody's uh making negative comments about my body Mm -hmm. yet Mm -hmm. (laughs) and um and yet eventually like both of those things still happened and I was like well like nothing I'm doing is preventing this and so I just kind of the eating disorder did just escalate from there because I'm like well I'm not doing this I'm not like doing enough then you know what I mean because mm. it's still happening yeah so. yeah it's it's so difficult and I feel and I yeah I always wonder like because I haven't had like the sort of conversations that I have on the podcast, like, you know, where I get in so deep to kind of like talking about people's like, like personal feelings. Like I've never talked to someone who's not in ballet about like their periods and how they feel about their body changing. And I kind of would like to like, okay, my sister dances, but she's not in like ballet per Mm -hmm. se. And I've had conversations here and there about like how she feels and how like maybe her friends might film conversations they may have had and I mean although it's similar it's yeah I still find this whole thing like crazy the fact that so many dancers like fear the change of the body and then you know like I said like normal I say normal people but people who aren't in yeah, it are people. like celebrating it and I don't know and then coming and then it's like oh like at least I don't know because then it's like hard like I and I found this hard because I didn't like my body in the studio and I didn't like my body when 
I try to like when I was like dressing normally and I might go out because I just felt like a pre it's like what I don't know what I can't win like it's like what like (laughs) it was literally so I remember like really like kind of struggling with that kind of like I didn't know what I want and then people be like oh like you know you might put a dress on you going out on a Saturday night or whatever and I don't know like people like I remember other girls around me being like oh like I always like I wish I had boobs when I went out and then like I don't have any boobs in the studio and it was just so like interesting but at the same time kind of crazy that like this is this expectation that like you know we're 18 19 you know we're becoming women and but we're still like in in a studio and like I guess ballet environment we're expected to not have any boobs or like not grow hips and then yeah yeah in normal life like that's the ideal I say yeah it's um, it's definitely something that's uh impossible to Mm. uh (laughs) like meet both standards you just Mm. can't um let alone one (laughs) and um I think for me that's something that recently I've just been like okay, like I literally give up. Like I, I, I don't, I just, at some point you just don't have it in you anymore to continue to try to like self-flagellate yourself into um, the ideal body type for whatever it is that you're doing, whether that's like pubescent or like, normal standards yeah beauty which I also think like personally my own um normal standard of beauty is um <laughs> it's changing slightly more now like after a year of uh being out of the studio but mm-hmm. it was it all I wanted to look like was the prepubescent child that I was uh, yeah. before like yeah. even in regular life because I was like that is um safe because I know nobody's going to um comment on it or yeah. sexualize it because yeah. it I actually I really do, I do agree with that yeah I fully and, and yeah I feel, yeah I feel, so, and I still feel the same yeah, exactly like it's it just felt much yeah safer in it and yeah. so that did um even when I stopped ballet um it was definitely a contributing factor to the mm. fact that my anorexia did not just go away because yeah. I still felt much safer in that body mm-hmm. and I was like yeah well life is like really scary right now because I don't have ballet um so I think actually maybe I'll just try and make myself even smaller because I feel safer in the smaller body mm. um and safer from like then I mean my therapist is like well safer from what like yeah For, what yeah, are you exactly so- afraid of Mm -hmm. and when you actually like ask yourself that question it's quite um telling because Mm -hmm. oftentimes the answer is like oh well like somebody's gonna tell me I'm fat and she's like well like who on the street is gonna go up to and be like you need to lose weight Mm -hmm. like nobody does that no like that's not something that's gonna happen to you Mm -hmm. um but in the studio like it will yeah that is a big thing that does happen Mm -hmm. and 
it's not um, something that you realize, I think, in the moment as so damaging. Mm. Because I don't know about like your experience, but personally, like if um, somebody, like if a teacher told me to lose weight or get in shape, I'd be like, yeah, okay, sure. Mm -hmm. No problem. Like, I'll just like cut back more Mm -hmm. and go to the gym more Mm -hmm. after class or before class, whatever. Yeah. Um, Like it wasn't something that I took on as this like big. Like person, you didn't take it personally sort of thing. No, like I think it's also like literally exposure therapy, like seeing it happen so much. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So afraid of it. And then, mm-hmm. I mean, of course, the first time it happened, I was like really upset because I'm like, mm-hmm. oh God, no, like this is exactly what I was afraid of. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think after, like, after it happens once, it was kind of, I don't know. I was just like, okay. Yeah. Like, and I think that kind of, it's almost like a disconnect between like mind and body because it's like somebody else other than yourself is telling you what to do to your body Mm -hmm. and you do whatever it takes to get to where they want you to be yeah um and it just for me it was very much uh yeah this huge disconnect I just felt like my mind and my body were completely separate entities and my mind had to like discipline my body mm-hmm. into what it needed to be and like to an extent like yes that's what ballet training is you discipline yourself but I mm-hmm. think it there needs to be like the, the connection needs to be there like you need to yeah. be able to like feel your emotions mm-hmm. yes <laughs> yeah and if you're yeah dealing with an eating disorder or just not really processing what's going on and like really like sitting with yourself and being like okay what am I so afraid of um you're not connected to your body and maybe that's not an issue at the moment um although I would I would say it is yeah (laughs) eventually uh it's going to be a really big issue Mm because you're not going to be able to feel things fully yeah and when you finally do, you're not going to know how to manage your emotions properly. <laughs> yeah, I think that's yeah. the crazy that, yeah, I think that's one of the scary things about when, you, when you're in an environment where all this, you know, is accepted in the sense that, you know, no one's, there's not really that many people out there like looking out for your health per se no, in that, no, no. you know, they're not. <laughs> like you just said you know if a teacher's telling you you need to get in shape and blah 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 blah, you're literally giving them the power over Mm -hmm. your body and at that time I feel like that's so kind of widely that's so accepted in that sense you know it's people used to that happening um no one really questions it Mm -hmm. and I just yeah I think it catches up with you and then when you leave that environment where you that person doesn't have that power anymore it's like um yeah like it's like what the heck is happening like I don't know how to listen to my own self yeah no um I think yeah when I had to stop um and I had to sit I had to finally end the pandemic is I actually had to like sit with myself there was nowhere to go yeah um and I let myself 
um, like process the emotions mm -hmm. around leaving ballet. It was at first I like couldn't because it was so much like all at once. And I was just like, no, like my, my body was like, this is too much. Like, we're not gonna, mm -hmm. we can't get into this. Um, and I think that mind-body disconnect really does like come back to this lack of autonomy that we have in the studio because mm -hmm. you're not like especially when you're young like in your teens and that's like when you're supposed to be like getting into your body and like it's changing you're like supposed to be like learning and understanding it and listening to it and you're in an environment that all it tells you to do is like listen to someone else to someone else mm. and disregard all mm -hmm. like emotion that is coming up maybe if they like how do, I, how do I explain this like if they're like oh you need to lose weight mm -hmm. I mean if you're a 15 year old girl and somebody tells you you need to lose weight like of course you're gonna want to cry mm -hmm. like <laughs> if you don't want to cry you're lying um, <laughs> I know but like at the same time like I you just I don't know in my experience it would just like the first time I was like like I said devastated yeah after that I just suppressed and was like okay I'm yeah. here and mm -hmm. ready to do and that's fine like you, they could at that point the person at the front of the room could tell me anything mm -hmm. and I would just nod and do it mm -hmm. because I was not going to let anything mm. stand in my way I didn't want to be seen as not compliant yep. or not driven enough mm -hmm. um I didn't want it bad enough you know what I mean like yep. I I know exactly what like you no mean. no I'm like willing to yeah do I would do anything yeah so mm -hmm. um you have complete power over myself <laughs> and body <laughs> and that's fine. I'm mm -hmm. okay with it. Um, but when you leave, when you leave ballet or you leave dance mm -hmm. and all of a sudden nobody's at the front of the room telling you how to control your body or what to do to it, like how mm -hmm. to move, um, what to feel. It's really scary because all of a sudden you're driving and you don't know how to drive <laughs> it's really overwhelming mm -hmm. um and that's definitely something that like I'm just starting to get the hang of now mm -hmm. and it's been over a year um yeah. and still sometimes I'll be like what like I that, that constantly seeking external validation yeah. somebody to tell me what to do I think that's um, the big thing it's that mm -hmm constantly yeah seeking external validation particularly I think in a school environment I mean I'm sure it kind of happens in a professional environment but I don't know like there's something just about being at school that makes yeah. you desperate <laughs> yeah it really does like you want to be a favorite mm -hmm. um you're willing to do whatever it takes to yeah. be a favorite yeah and that definitely translated into real life because all I knew how to be was a dancer Mm -hmm. um and so when I just thought that uh there was just like a huge 
well, yeah, lack of autonomy and no identity because mm-hmm. I, was, I was like, well, I don't dance anymore. Um, so I'm just a person mm-hmm. um, and a person with no uh, sense of self or <laughs> autonomy. So it was really terrifying. I was not, um, yeah, it was, I don't even know how to describe it other than just like, I felt like, um, like kind of like, like a ghost. I don't mm-hmm. know. Like I didn't, I didn't feel like a real person. I yeah. couldn't figure out what was needed or like expected of me. Yeah. Um, I remember asking my mom like a month after I had to stop to tell me if she thought I was gaining weight. I was like, mm-hmm. as soon as you see it, you got to tell me. Yeah. Like if I need to be in better shape, tell me. And she was like, you're crazy. Yeah. You're My crazy. Like, you're insane. Um <laughs> like, <was> nuts. <laughs> oh my god. Um and it's um, taken so long to be at a place where I'm like, okay, no, like this is what a person does. Like a person mm. just like you can just you can also just exist. Yeah. You don't need to have somebody in the room telling you how to do that. Like you can just be and I think that's I really wish that was something that was taught Mm. like you're you're a human being first Mm. um and I wish you were taught that and treated like that too yeah this uh not just yeah that can like mm -hmm. take like verbal physical sexual abuse and be like Mm -hmm. a-okay with it and like, really? I'm a, an amazing artist oh yeah so traumatized oh um, my god <laughs> and then when you stop well then you lose that identity and you're left with all the trauma <laughs> like it's not great it's not a great system for that so I really it's, yeah. yeah hi everyone I hope you're enjoying the episode so far I have a little gift for you from me and Imperfect Points um yeah so Here's your treat for still listening and I hope you continue to listen. Um, I've got an exclusive offer with, you know, in collaboration with Imperfect Points where I'm giving you 15% off the entire site. I repeat, 15% off the entire site. That's so good. Such a good deal. Um, And the code for that is HCP15. I repeat, HCP15. 15 gives you 15% off all you have to do is go to imperfectpoints.com and switch to sustainable dancewear now because come on like we need to do it so go do that they've got so many you know options available for everyone and yeah save yourself some coin love you yeah and I think uh like I definitely relate to every single thing you just said and it just made me think back to kind of yeah my training and I think that's something that like there's it's weird because kind of this through this like whole pandemic um I feel like I've managed to get through it pretty well like I'm doing okay however I think something that I have really struggled with but it's been hard to acknowledge because I haven't been able to like put my finger on it but I feel like you literally just said it and it's that I think for so long it's almost like 
someone else is like driving the wheel of our life, our body, our whatever. And then suddenly when you're kind of left without it, now you're in the driving seat and you've, you're driving and it's really strange because yeah, no one's telling you what to do anymore. No one's telling you how to no, yeah, there's no one standing at the front telling you you should look like this, do it like this, be yeah. like this. Um, and it's really, yeah, it's weird. It's that, oh, it's, yeah, it's hard. It's kind of like you're, I don't know. Like I wouldn't say I have been feeling like I need to like search for a lot of external validation, but at the same time I have, it's been difficult to kind of know what what people are expecting of me because yeah. I have no idea anymore because there's no one telling me, okay, Romy, you need to be doing this like this. Now, like I have yeah. nothing to measure anything I do against anything, yeah. which is so weird. 100%. And I'm literally like, oh. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> I would constantly... Um be just like uh somebody tell me I'm like uh good job today or <laughs> like tell me I'm going to lose weight or like tell me I'm doing good like I need I yeah. need to know I'm how I'm doing like am I doing yeah. bad I can do better like tell me yeah no literally literally yeah. like oh, if this is so funny and if my yeah. mom's listening she's literally gonna laugh but like I'm always like not always but like on numerous occasions I've been like oh like oh mom you know oh like oh are you like are you always like are you proud of me like um like oh aren't you like oh I don't know like and it's so weird like I especially now just having this conversation now I'm like okay like yeah it's like I need it's that yeah it's oh my god it's so weird it is really weird to think about um and I really do think it comes back to this lack of autonomy that's yeah that's encouraged and cultivated in the studio um and it's really just not it's not good for like like your dance Mm -hmm. period but it's not it's really not good when you have to stop because it's like all of a sudden you're left with nothing Um, yeah but uh yeah I think that's something I mean personally that I have to continue to work on. Yeah. Like I said, sometimes I'm still like, I'll start to like get like stressed and like seek yeah. um, somebody to tell me like that I'm doing well or poorly yeah. or anything yeah. like that. It's like someone just tell me what's, yeah. how I'm doing like, and it's, yeah. oh, it's so crazy. And I just, like, I always wonder like, oh, just like someone who, I don't know like does someone who doesn't do dance like feel the same way and maybe this is a question mate okay if you're a listener and you don't do ballet or you're not in that dancing I don't know do you feel the need for external validation not necessarily in the like when I say that I'm not I'm not talking about like oh like you're beautiful because I don't in ballet you're not really told like I don't know, you, you'll you be told you're skinny it or if you're in shape, and that's important. Yeah, tell me that. But, like, yeah, exactly. I don't need someone to tell me I've got beautiful eyes. Like, that doesn't no. 
do you know what I mean? They're like, oh, your skin's looking clear today. No, I don't. I want my pirouettes yeah. to be good. I want my legs like, yeah. And it's crazy because it all, none of it, it's so kind of like surface level um, in the sense that, yeah, it's, you want that validation of, you know, if you're in shape, if you're looking good, like I, yeah. Oh my God. No, for sure. And like, yeah, it's funny that you mentioned like, oh, I don't want to be told like I have beautiful eyes or something like that, because that is exactly it. Like I could not at one point, I could not care less. Like, oh, like, oh, your hair looks so nice. I'm like, I literally don't care. Like, tell me I'm skinny. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> like, I don't, don't, if it's not like you're looking skinny, don't, I don't want to hear it. Um, and then See, it's, it's crazy, yeah, honestly. It's so, it's so toxic too, because it'd be like, well, if I haven't heard that I'm looking like thin in like a couple of days, that means I've gained weight. Or like, it was like, a, it just, yeah, it's super unhealthy and yeah, ridiculous. Like it's it's ridiculous when you think about it. It's like okay, like yeah, that's all you want to be mm-hmm. skinny. Like wow, <laughs> be more superficial. Yeah, please. I know. <laughs> yeah it's so crazy like and I think like I don't know like I think back and I like I will admit like I have been quite lucky in the sense that during my training like I didn't get a lot of comments about my body Mm. most of the time they were positive but that also has kind of been difficult because I don't like it's not like I don't have that anymore in the sense that I don't have someone telling me oh you are you're looking good or yeah you know because there's and I vividly remember most like in my third year like when I was coming back from my injury like I don't know my teacher didn't say like I gained weight or like whatever but I had and he said like oh you're not where I would like you to be um Mm -hmm. kind of this stuff and I was like oh shit and I was like okay okay like I've got to do something about it um and I felt like I was kind of chasing, I was chasing something in a sense. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, months go by and I'm graduating and he's like, oh, Romy, you know, you're looking really good. You're looking really strong, blah, 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 blah. And it was, yeah. And like having, feeling like, yeah, this whole validation thing yeah, is really because it was all surface level it was all about how my body looked or how it was kind of like performing but it wasn't like oh your artistry has improved or like oh I really like the way you did that movement Mm -hmm. and it's yeah I think coming out of that environment where you don't have that anymore is really difficult um and I think especially with COVID when you're I don't know or you've if you've stopped dancing altogether this yeah, when any sort of confidence was coming from, I guess, like positive reinforcement that yeah. you were in shape or looking good. Mm-hmm. And it's um, it's just madness because I haven't really thought about it in that in that extent, but I think having yeah. this conversation has like made me realise I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, it's just <laughs> to base your worth off of um, someone's... Uh, opinion yeah. on your body yeah like that it's dangerous to base your worth off your body but it's Pussy. really dangerous yeah. to base your worth off of somebody's opinion on. yeah because like when they're gone 
what do you what then mm-hmm. like and yeah know, there's so much more than that and that's also something that I have taken a really and taking a very long time to yeah uh grasp mm-hmm. is like I am not my body like my body yeah. is part yeah. of me but yeah. it's not my worth mm-hmm. to society <laughs> like yeah. um yeah, I agree and yeah that's something that's such a foreign concept to so many dancers because it is when you're a dancer it is your worth to mm-hmm. society like that's your contribution you're mm-hmm. using your body to create art um but in normal life like it's just something that you have you just have a body it's not you and yeah it's like even just like putting it um like when I made my first normal person resume Mm. I automatically put my height and weight on it uh, without questioning it like I didn't even think that that wasn't something like I didn't even cross my mind to take it off mm-hmm. um and I went to a job interview at a thrift store <laughs> and they were like I mm-hmm. saw them looking at it and they kind of looked at each other and were like what the heck what and I was like oh oh sorry I was like oh yeah like that's crazy like why is that on there um and they didn't really say anything but we just I was like ah yes oh <laughs> <Sorry>. god <that's... laughs> like but just that like, that's so like imagine if you had to put your height and weight on a cv for like no, a, yeah. a thrift store job mm. like, it's so bizarre yeah like I get why we have to I completely get why we have to mm. um for dance but yeah. it's, it's just like another layer of like weird things yeah. that mm-hmm. as you transition out yeah you have to look at mm-hmm. yeah yeah no I definitely agree oh you just said something a bit before and I was like oh why can't yeah I think oh what I was thinking it's so like you were saying that oh like it's something that is taking like it's you're still it's something you're still working on and I was like oh like in my head um like yeah I completely relate to that in the sense that I think that's something that I've really tried to work on is kind of rebuilding that mind and body connection yeah and also trying to not yeah have you know lame what someone else thinks of my body as like the main source of whatever um but it's been weird because recently like I've been back in the studio um like just doing like a few classes here and there and I don't know like it's so kind of weird being back like in front of a mirror and with a teacher who is yeah. kind of that you know mm-hmm. is in control again mm-hmm. um it's a different environment completely um and it has kind of been fine but it's yeah I'm still trying to kind of make sure that's like okay I'm not letting I'm not giving that person like control to make yeah. me feel a certain way about my body if that makes sense yeah, yeah no 100% like the power dynamic of like the person at the front of the room and you yeah um especially now that like we're older than we mm-hmm. look in like a 15 year old yeah um I think it's it's definitely easier I found that even like in my last year like in um, Amsterdam like I was yeah much more 
able to just filter out Mm -hmm. what I didn't need, like what wasn't going to help me be a better dancer. You know what I mean? Like a lot of the comments and corrections, exactly like constructive criticism. Mm -hmm. Amazing. If there was something that was like, okay, this is just like, this is just going to make me feel badly. I'm just not going to, just not going to dwell. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But like at, when you're younger and in like a, a school, you just take everything in yeah. and you just give them all the power and mm-hmm. it's really, yeah, unhealthy and can be super damaging. Yeah. And it take, yeah. I feel like it takes a long time to kind of, I guess, like recover from that in the yeah. sense of like, yeah, getting over that. Yeah, it does. And mm-hmm. it, again, like it's not something you really realize until yeah. much later and then you're yeah. like, wow yeah yeah exactly no and yeah it definitely takes like you having to come out of that environment or at least being in a new environment maybe a bit of a healthier environment yeah. to realize yeah, yeah. oh that wasn't quite that yeah, exactly. wasn't quite a good like, thing I didn't realize um just how toxic some of my I mean I knew how bad some of my teachers were at my yeah home studio like in terms of um yeah power but Mm. when I went to Amsterdam I was like oh oh okay this is like super I mean give it like given my old view this is very healthy and (laughs) I'm much more and now I do feel more like a person here Mm -hmm. um like treated like a human being that's good but that being said the bar was very very low (laughs) yeah yeah that's that's the thing the bar is set so low in terms of like expectations that like you know dancers will have for like I guess like how healthy the environment is like it's literally just like basic things like you you feel like you um oh yeah I I can't even give an example but yeah yeah the bar is quite low yeah it was incredibly low like I was like, oh, wow, um, just, I'm not being treated like I am a child, mm. um, or I'm not being taught by uh, an abusive sexual predator. Like, wow, the bar is low. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, and that's all that it took for me to be like, this is amazing. Yeah. But also the teachers there were really incredible too. So mm. I thought, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I think when the bar is so low, um, mm. I also applied that same bar to real life. Um, okay. So, mm. And I need to really learn how to raise it because um, it's, it's unacceptable in mm. uh, the dance world to have that, but it's like, um something I think we just put up with 100% yes really not good and that does go back to my cult yeah you know it's a cult Cult yeah you just oh it's fine you know what I mean abusive power is yeah fine yeah and in real life you you I mean it's also often swept under the rug but it's less so Mm. oh it's definitely I feel like it's definitely less common that whole yeah definitely the abuse of power the 
yeah, it's so crazy because I've just now kind of like I've started a new like I guess like part time job, and it's mm-hmm. like I'm just working in like a health food store, yeah. um, and it's I think something and like I, when you were talking about like this whole being in an environment where like your worth is kind of based on your body to now mm-hmm. like you know being in a job where essentially it doesn't matter what I look like and having people I guess like praise me not necessarily praise me but like make a compliment on something that has to do with you know maybe the way I talk to them or the way I help them yeah and it's so weird because I'm just not used to that like no and I don't think in ballet like you're not you're not complimented on the way your brain's working or the way you react to something or the way you I don't know it's very rarely you get praise for like the way you interpret something it's usually always a physical thing something that your body does or the way it looks or yeah and it's yeah it's so strange because obviously in the normal world like or in the world that isn't ballet like (laughs) that's not how like that's not you like that's not how it works your body is just one part of Mm -hmm. so many different facets and it's really something that's hard to comprehend Mm. um when you spend your whole life solely on your body yeah Yeah. um that and you've given no little to no value to the other Mm. parts of you yeah exactly Um, so it's yeah it's something that needs to be rebuilt for Mm. sure yeah yeah definitely um I kind of want to go on to talk about I guess and this is obviously not about just the recent I guess death of Liam Scarlett Mm -hmm. but generally talking I want to just have a conversation about like cancel culture and then this kind this idea of oh it's difficult finding a balance of you know holding accountability um but also you know not Ah, yeah, I don't know. It's very stress- yeah. it's difficult. It's a difficult one. Yeah, it's definitely a, um, a hard balance to mm-hmm. find. Yeah. Um, I think that... <laughs> I think, <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Um, it's fine. Uh, I think that you can have two thoughts at mm-hmm. the same time, which... 100%, yeah. I think a lot of people struggle with that concept, though, uh, it seems. You yeah. can... Um, acknowledge mm-hmm. the fact that, for example, Liam Scarlett mm-hmm. um, was an incredible choreographer, very mm-hmm. gifted, did, like contributed beautiful work to mm-hmm. yeah. Ballet. Oh yes, and I think everyone will agree, and yeah, that's exactly. and we can all agree on yeah. that. That's the thing. Like there is no, there's no issue. yeah, there's We're no saying, no. Okay, well, mm-hmm. Like we have to pretend like that never happened and. Yeah that she can do nothing and we're going to go bury his work Mm. in the yard. Like, no, we can 100% acknowledge the beauty that he brought into this world. But you can, at the same time, acknowledge that his behavior was inappropriate Mm -hmm. and it's not something that we can just excuse because he was talented and powerful. And that Um, is, yeah, obviously. And like, I know this is obviously going to be difficult because... Um, I know that the things that have come out were, I guess, like allegations and I don't want to get a lawsuit by saying like he did something because obviously we don't know the full situation and 
yeah, like I just said, there were allegations, but like the way I kind of think about the situation is kind of thinking back to my training um, Mm -hmm. and the director of my school who I will like, you know, I will acknowledge the fact that he was a good teacher. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have improved the amount that I did without the support, like the support I did get and the help I did get and the opportunities I was given, like, and that's something that I always want to make clear because like, I know not that I necessarily like shit on my old school. I wouldn't say it like that, but like there was, there's a lot of issues and the fact that it closed down and yeah, the head teacher is now, I guess, going to court for these Mm -hmm. like allegations that, I mean, yeah. And but yeah, like, I, yeah, it's not that um, this whole time I haven't like acknowledged the fact that there was a lot of, I guess, like good, but the actions yeah. were wrong. And it's yeah. good that, you know, he is being accounted for it in the sense. Yeah. And I think that's, and I like you just said, there is, you know, this can be two sides and not sides, but mm-hmm. like you can see both. Yeah. Like there's room for both things to be true. Yeah yes um, and yeah likewise like my former teacher at home um was incredible like he really was a very talented teacher yeah uh, I improved so quickly mm-hmm. under him um and I had him every single day all day for yeah. a couple of years mm-hmm. and so like all of that is true like he yeah. was like his talent was apparent and everybody mm-hmm. saw him and everybody wanted him as a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was also a sexual predator like, mm-hmm. and you can be both things, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, and that does not make his actions acceptable yeah. um, or something that can be like, just, Oh, well, like, yeah, that's really bad, but like he was a really good teacher. So I'm really upset that he left. Mm. Uh, like, yes, I, I, okay. Like it's very conflicting because I was upset when he mm-hmm. was arrested, mm-hmm. even though I was one, like completely very much aware that he was a sexual predator. Like I'm not like he was my teacher. Mm. Um, but I was upset because I was like, well, my training's going to go downhill now mm. because the best teacher's gone. Mm. And this is really upsetting. Um, and like, yes, both things are true, but for example, my studio didn't really, uh, see it the same way. And it was more of how the more popular dancers and artistic directors are reacting to Liam Scarlet. It was more along those lines of, this is really tragic. And it is. It is very tragic. His situation. Yeah, it is. It is. No, absolutely no question about it. Like it's devastating. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you only paint it as a tragedy because that person has passed away, yeah, and not because of the actions that led to this event, um, it's really hard for the victims, and it's also just not accurate like you have to know that something can be a tragedy and also have been 
I don't know how to explain it, but like absolutely not, not deserved, definitely not deserved, but account, like accountability, mm. you know, like you can be held accountable and then, and that is good. And then the ensuing tragedy is obviously devastating. Yeah. Um, I completely, re- I feel like, uh, yeah. Okay. You can hear me. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think something that, and I don't, I wondered, I always wonder like when things come out, like if my reaction would have been different a year ago or mm-hmm. before, like, you know, I guess everything that happened in my, like to do with my school and my teacher and mm-hmm. stuff like that, whether my, I guess, opinion and thoughts around maybe the, re- you know, the whole, everything to do with Lee and Scarlett and everything mm-hmm. that has come to light um, would have been different because I remember when I first found out that my teacher had these allegations my first thought was well my experience was fine Mm. and like I didn't have any issues and Mm. I'm not going to get involved sort of thing yes and I think over time I've had to kind of accept that like this is the thing like there can be more than one experience in the sense that like I can have a good experience. I can be, I guess, like unhurt in the, Mm -hmm. or like, you know, nothing happened to me, Mm -hmm. but also being able to be like, okay, well, I'm also going to accept that these things did happen to other people Mm -hmm. and know that because, yeah. And it's not, it's just like being, I guess, like a, a big like learning curve because I yeah I think I remember at the time like things probably things were happening and you know we used to talk about them in school and kind of make jokes about it never no one really took it that seriously but everyone knew it was kind of going on um but when I left and then when it kind of came to light I remember I actually spoke to the journalist who was writing the story for it Mm -hmm. um and kind of at this time, I felt like, I don't want to say like I was on my teacher's side, but like mm-hmm. I didn't know the full extent until yes. more stories were kind of like, I guess, brought to light in the media, on the, you know, on the TV and yeah. the news. Um, so I only really knew of like, you know, a few incidents, mm-hmm. not as many, you know, n- nothing near than, you know, yeah, yeah. what came out. And so I was convinced that... I don't know. Then made they were people. You know, people were exaggerating. Oh, it wasn't that bad because I didn't experience it. Yeah. And I think you know, as time went on, and something that I think this podcast has really like allowed me to do is kind of, I guess, really stop and listen and understand and hear, and also just like provide a space for people to talk about these things that are that are happening to other people whether it be in this mm. in the environment I was in or in a separate institution or all that sort of, you know all that sort of stuff so yeah. like now when when this has happened and like this whole you know the whole Liam Scarlett thing came about I felt like I was able to you know finally see two sides I think mm. this time last year I wouldn't have seen yeah. it in the same way I did have do now and yeah. I think, yeah, I don't know. It's a funny one because yeah, it's, it's I think it's has, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard when um, there's just so much tragedy involved in it too. Like there's yeah. the 
tragedy of yeah. the uh, victims and then there's the mm-hmm. tragedy of his of the, death yeah. and it's just exactly. like it's a it's a lot for anybody yes. to be able to like yes formulate a, exactly and it's like a quote-unquote acceptable opinion on because mm-hmm. there's just so much oh there's so um, many emotions going to be yeah and they're all completely valid because yes. it's such a complex situation yeah um and yeah personally like in my experience when my teacher was arrested and he actually uh also um committed suicide as well okay um i was uh not expecting his arrest but uh, like i mean i didn't think he would ever get caught but i was like yes good like yeah, neither did i but yeah, yeah. same yeah. You know I mean? yeah um and everybody else um most other people not everybody but most of the people at studio um were just very upset that he was leaving mm-hmm. like I said and it, so was I but I was like eh, like it's good now we don't have a predator in the in the building and like mm-hmm. I think as I was like the longer I was with him and the older I was getting the more I was beginning to understand the full scope of the situation I was in and how much danger I was in and I yeah I was like his arrest came at a good time um and I remember trying to talk to another dancer there about it and the response was just like no it's so bad like now we don't have like he's such a good teacher and it's just like lack of and like oh well like any like whoever went to the police is like exaggerating or making it up or wanted it and it was just like oh my god like this is insane like he's preying on very young girls like he needs to go to jail Mm. um obviously my situation is different from that of Liam Scarlett's because it was very apparent it was very clear there it wasn't so much allegations as it was like um like proof in that sense yeah, yeah. proof yeah like it was and people and like one person went forward and then more and more people like okay was, yeah and yeah really and like yeah evidence like clear evidence so mm-hmm. not good yeah um so yeah no same i guess in my but situation my reaction to william scarlet was um i'm sure like definitely because of my own trauma but like the exact mm-hmm. same reaction i had yeah was, like, see yeah like yeah but then I had to like actually like okay wait a minute you're responding because of like your own experience like Mm -hmm. take a minute (laughs) like like actually process this yeah and yeah I think that's something that with cancel culture it's really hard to find that balance of um understanding that people Mm -hmm. are human and and accountability Mm. and I feel like it's really people just kind of want to go one or the other yeah um and like demonize somebody Mm -hmm. um when that's not always the best option like there can you can be held accountable and you don't have to be a monster yeah and that's the thing it's kind of separating someone's 
like who they are and their mm-hmm. actions. Mm-hmm. And I think this is something that happens across, you know, everything, like not even just like what we're talking about, yeah. but across, I guess, anyone who kind of, you know, yeah, anyone who's kind of in the eye of the social, in in social media, someone, mm-hmm. like I can think of, you know, bloody, I don't know, there was a, who was a, I think, the, I don't know if you've heard of Olivia Neal. Have you heard? No, no. She's like a British YouTuber and essentially she kind of got like cancelled. Um, yeah. And oh, I guess the point is like these people, yeah, are wanting to like be very one-sided. They want, they, they're not like, I don't know, people don't want to see a bigger picture and it's, I don't know, it's just, it's very weird because... I don't know I just feel like cancel culture is kind of crazy but I don't at the same time like I don't think but then there is a difference between you know cancel culture and trying to you know keep people accountable and I guess oh what I was thinking what what the point is is that like her actions and anyone's actions is separate to her and this is like we can see both like that's and I think some people will you know maybe find it difficult to see both to accept yeah. that they're kind of two separate things and like I think the whole thing is when yeah no one you know when someone is committing these things they're not you know in more of a I guess like a serious note of whether it be like you know I don't know it's difficult but yeah it's yeah it's really difficult because obviously they're not on the same scale and um yeah it's yeah. hard because it is it's hard, hard. it's like yes like we're not like our we're not only our mistakes mm-hmm. um but where it gets hard is when it's somebody in a position of power yes mm-hmm. repeatedly yeah making these mm-hmm. like yeah unquote, mistakes yes and yeah. that's when it's something that it's like okay like yes we're not only our actions but like yeah you're repeatedly doing this yeah. um it, your lines kind of blurry <laughs> it's like mm. this is something that needs to be addressed yes a whole like not just this one time this happened it's like yeah. this one you've been doing a lot yeah um, exactly so it's yeah it's really it's, it is really tricky though it is yeah yeah and it's yeah it's exactly like you said like there's a diff there is a difference between making a one-time mistake Mm -hmm. and yeah I mean and then repeating it and you know whether that be and then it's like and you know it goes back down to like is this person like I don't want to say like are they okay because obviously you know if there's victims of that incident they're Mm -hmm. obviously not okay either but like to be at a point where you're you are repeatedly doing something that's mm. wrong there's something that needs to be addressed yeah mentally no definitely like any anybody who's um abusing their power in such a way with um like in my circumstances like mm. young dancers yeah it's like something's like you need help like yeah something something's wrong. yeah something is like, wrong people who are healthy don't do that yeah um and that and it's really sad and you're clearly like in a lot of pain if you're mm. doing this and mm-hmm. you need help yeah um and so I think when you just 
like they're still human they're still people and I think that's something that's really hard um even now Mm -hmm. to look back on Mm -hmm. him as a like as a human being Mm -hmm. um sometimes because you're just like like that was really just evil yeah but like you clearly weren't mentally well Mm. and you clearly needed help that you Mm. never received and it's really sad that you ended up taking your own life in the end and that you ended up hurting so many people in the process Mm. and I think that's yeah it's no it's hard to Yeah, I don't know. It's hard. It's a very hard, and it's you know, it's even difficult trying to like, yeah, because obviously you know we don't having this conversation is difficult Mm -hmm. as it is because I think a lot of people don't verbalize their thoughts around this, Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I've never really, I guess, like spoken out loud about like it. Even you know, I might have had my own thoughts, but like, yeah, putting it into words is difficult because it is such a hard topic you know because there's so many you know things involved in it you know there's so many things and yeah at the end of the day it is kind of yeah it's very unfortunate that these people didn't get the help that they needed whether they couldn't access it they didn't know how to access it the access you know it wasn't there for Mm -hmm. them full stop yeah and I think, you know, a lot of it does revolve, you know, and going back to the fact that, you know, I mean, this podcast won't go out, it will go out after Mental Health Awareness Week, but like, yeah. even, yeah, there's so many parts of like, I guess, just, I guess, we're linking it to that, yeah. where our that mental health isn't just about or like, you know, when you're isn't just, you know, anxiety, depression, no. eating disorders, and I can't even think of what else. But like it is literally, it's stuff like this. Yeah. It's people who aren't, yeah, who are struggling and are using something, you know, like abuse of power, mm-hmm. grooming, whatever, like that yeah. side of stuff to kind of cope with their own issues. Yeah. And it's, and it's, yeah, it's, it's complicated. It's very complicated. Nothing is ever. Nothing major like that is ever like cut and dry easy. Mm. Yeah, no, um, exactly. Easy to understand and like dissect. But mm. I think trying to is what's important because mm. if you just label it as too complicated, cancelled, or too complicated, he's fine. Mm. Like that's not, that's yeah, just not, they're not realistic yeah. or healthy. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> yeah I think that's a good place to um I guess round that bit up um is there anything else that you kind of wanted to talk about before we rounded up the episode um or any advice you'd give to our listeners anything to end off um hmm. uh well I think we've covered everything. Mm. Okay. I feel like I've rambled a lot. But that's- no, that's okay. We love a ramble. <laughs> um, yeah, I think just, I mean, like recently my, something that I keep hearing and like reading and seeing everywhere, if it's just mm. following me, mm. um, is 
like the first time I heard it, I think it was on an, an on being podcast. Mm-hmm. And it was like, um, if you don't transform your pain, you you will transmit it. And I think that just does really um, I like that. Yeah, it's and I keep seeing it. I keep hearing it everywhere. Um, I'm just gonna write that down. Yeah, it's, I yeah I started to I have it in my phone now because I like it's a really good reminder and it does apply to everything we've. So if you about. don't transform your pain okay you transmit it yeah okay and it does really it really does apply to everything um Mm. like if you don't transform your own pain or trauma around like your eating disorder Mm -hmm. or like your body you will transmit it into like continually abusing your body with an eating disorder if you don't transform your pain whatever it was you will Mm -hmm. transmit it by abusing others um and I think ballet culture <laughs> could really uh use some um some of that information mm. <laughs> because it's continually transmitting. Yeah. I might <laughs> probably yeah. gonna make that into little posts. So <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I think uh, yeah, I've never heard of that before and I'm gonna share it. Yes, I've been like yelling at it at people on the street. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. yell it on my Instagram. Yeah, great. Um, okay, fab. Thank you so much, Emily, for coming on. Um, before we finish, where can the listeners mm-hmm. find you if they want to, you know, ask you any questions or just give you a follow, give yeah. your little, you know, I know you did a post a few, I don't know when I was it was a while ago I mean I shared it and you were talking mm-hmm. about your eating disorder but also about yeah. this whole you know striving for thinness and all this sort of stuff mm-hmm. um if they want to give it a read they can find it on your mm-hmm. Instagram can't they yep yes so where can they find you on oh sorry <laughs> yes okay no 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 it's fine yeah underscore Emily Reed underscore mm-hmm. Okay, I'll leave yeah. that in the description as well, so that's fine. Um, yeah, I think that's it for today. I really enjoyed, you know, chatting to you. Had a very open and honest conversation. Um, I hope, you know, everyone listening found it interesting. You know, if you got something from it, if you, I hope, hopefully you found it helpful. It was definitely a little bit rambly, but I think that was yeah. good. And we were, I feel yeah, like half the time, we're like, yeah. oh God, like everything's so hard. And I just feel like we said that. I said that a lot. I was like, oh, no, it's I just so tricky, hard. Tricky, so many times. Tricky. Oh, it's a tricky situation. Like everything's connected. It's so hard not to ramble. So. Yeah. No, I mean, it, yeah. I mean, it's fine. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Anyway, it's fine. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, we're going to finish there. Thank you guys for listening. And you can hear me next week. So we'll say goodbye. Bye.